to sit under your word. It's so wonderful. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with everything that we need. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. So today we're... Talk about goodwill toward men. What does that mean? Goodwill toward men. Goodwill toward men. Um, I was looking over uh, the birth of Jesus. I always like to read it during the, you know, during the time. And uh, but anyway, it's some of the words struck me that uh, how many times the word, the concept of the full time, fullness of time, was mentioned. And so it gives you a sense of God having everything on a schedule having everything arranged, having everything under control. And I like that about God because he won't be pushed around by anybody. He won't be persuaded uh, to upset the order of things just because somebody's impatient or anxious for something. Now he will perform miracles when people are in need, but there are certain things that are his territory and his 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 uh, portion and I think that's a good thing to know because if we let God work it out it'll be worked out and it'll work right and so there was a fullness of time for Elizabeth to and Zacharias to conceive there was a fullness of time for Mary uh, for these both these children to be born during that time there was a fullness of time for uh, um, Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem and then to Egypt and all of the places that that they visited and that they abode were important places because number one there was a fulfillment of prophecy it's one thing you can count on with God is that his word will be fulfilled. If it's God, it'll happen. And we don't have to try and make it happen. We don't have to try to push it to happen. We don't have to try to convince people it's going to happen. Uh, it's a good thing to, if God gives you words to announce or pronounce or to warn people or to prepare them, whatever, it's good to speak those things. But we're not the convincer. God is the one that does the convincing. Now he often convinces by showing up and doing it. Because he knows he can't persuade people beyond a certain level either. And so when we talk about uh, the birth of Jesus, um, it, it was done in a goodwill gesture. It was a goodwill gesture of God to the world. It was done with good intentions. It was done to promote goodwill toward all men. That's what it was for. So the purpose for which Jesus came was good. Whenever good comes in the earth, evil wants to fight it. And so you're going to have that uh, evil rising up against the goodness of God and the goodwill of God and try to turn the good message into a bad message. That's always going to be. And so when when God does something, he does it to promote goodwill. In Luke chapter 2 and verse, uh, we'll start in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass in those days, words like it came to pass, and when the full time was, it lets you know these things are happening on God's schedule. It says, there went out a decree from Augustus Caesar that all the world should be taxed, and that taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. So you think internal revenue's bad. You owe money to Caesar and see what happens. Caesar make you come and pay and get counted and make sure you there. And if you don't show up, he will definitely send somebody to get you. Joseph went up also from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea, which was the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So in Hebrew culture, when you spoke that you were going to do something, it was as good as done. 
you got me they're preparing things so in the in the uh, time when mary and joseph are engaged they are engaged by a vow men and so the marriage will be consummated at some time in the future but that vow holds them to the degree that when he shows up to be taxed she's counted as his family already and she was great with child and so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes that was normal for babies. They they would kind of like mummify them so they wouldn't move around too much and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so all of these things were prophesied by by different prophets about the coming of the Lord. Jesus came and fulfilled every single prophecy that was spoken about him. You can't do that unless you obey God perfectly. You just can't do it. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock. So whenever God does something of note, he always has people who know about it and are watching for it. They know about it and they're watching for it. And they were watching by night. They were typical of watchmen chasing donkeys, if you will. You know, just doing your normal routine thing. Being faithful with your normal routine thing. I'm telling you. God show me more and more that faithfulness is such a great reward in our lives. If we just knew what faithfulness would do, we would spend less time wondering when it's going to be our turn to have something, or when it's going to be our turn to do something, or when it's going to be our when am I going to get my chance? When am I? When? 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 And God can find you so easily on the road of faithfulness. He can find you so easily when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing instead of looking for something that doesn't belong to you. It says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, in other words, good news of great joy, which shall be all to all people. Now the news that we have about Jesus Christ is good tidings of great joy. If people will receive the good news, their joy will far exceed any person they feel they can't live without, any uh, career they think they want so bad, any amount of money they say they want to make. The joy will be so great it will totally overshadow anything that your mind could comprehend that you wanted to do with your life. In fact, you'll be willing to cancel every plan you had for the sake of obeying God. The the joy of this is so great to people. I'm talking about people who really come into contact with God. I'm not talking about these mass conversion things where people just are herded into a mega church and nobody knows if they've ever been saved or not. You got me? I'm talking about a one-on-one encounter with God where he lets you know him for real. And you know you have a real relationship and real encounter with God. Because he comes home and lives with you. He comes home and he lives in you. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. And you know that. And so it says the angel (coughs) said. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David. A savior which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. This is a sign to the shepherds. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let's go. 
See, when 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 you get a message from God and he tells you to go somewhere and something's going to happen that's going to be good for you, the first thing you need to say is let's go. Let's get going. Don't go and ask anybody. Don't go and think about it. Don't look for a confirmation. Don't fleece anybody, but just take off running to see what God has for you. And he said, let's go see this thing in which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they'd seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their hearts. And the shepherd returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now they're praising God because they saw a baby that was out in the barn I mean come on now but see in in just the fact that God shared something with you and made it come to pass is enough to rejoice in your life forever I mean that in itself sets about a joy and a rejoicing on the inside of you like never before. See we've had encounters with God. Everybody here has had some encounter with God that we can tell the same kind of story about. They've seen Jesus. We've all seen Jesus because he's come and lived and dwelled in our hearts and he's made a change in us. He's made a big difference in most of us. So we have something just the fact that God has given his word and fulfilled it to us should be enough for us to rejoice for a lifetime you know rejoice for a lifetime off of that and so he says so uh, when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb and so Jesus came to do several things but we'll talk about about three of them right now he he gave he came as a good will offering to all of mankind so Jesus symbolizes God's good will toward men toward all men good will means that God is saying I am fulfilling all promises that I've made to the earth and the inhabitants of the earth Jesus came to save men from sin and the manifestations sickness death and poverty so Jesus came to eradicate all three of those he came also to reconcile man to God and also reconcile man to man reconciling man to God would do little for us living down here on this earth if there weren't some way to offer reconciliation across to all mankind first to God and then with one another in Luke uh, in this chapter in Luke we see the proclamation of the angel and it comes and it also coincides with Matthew 12 let me flip over there real quick Matthew 12 and verse 1 No, that's not it. Ugh, maybe it's Matthew 1. Come on. Uh-uh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. One more place to, to try. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Nope, 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 nope. In Isaiah 9 6, why don't we go there first? Because that's the prophecy about the Messiah. Isaiah 9 
in verse 6 it says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace then in Matthew it talks wherever that is in Matthew the name is given the angel tells Mary you shall call his name Jesus because he will save people from their sins and so Jesus the word Jesus actually means savior Amen. It means one who comes to save. And that word save means to save in every way. He, he gets to the root of things. Because sin really is the root of all problems. Of all human problems. And so God comes to get to the root of things. But many times people don't think about that as being the root of their problems. You know, when, when we come to crisis, you know, well, I'm just depressed, I'm bored, I'm sick, I need this, I need that. We come to him with our many needs. And we want those needs met, but we don't necessarily want to get at the root of them. And this is the root of the problem with the gospel, presenting the gospel to anybody. People don't want to admit and confess. That's why it's so important, prayer is so important in asking God to prepare people's hearts and prepare them and let them get an understanding of the truth of what the real problem is. The problem is that people have, have their souls have become so burdened with the weight of their sin that there's no way to get out from under it but turn the whole thing over to the Lord and so many times people will want you know they'll come to church for different reasons they'll come to church because they think they need something and then they get here and they still have needs in their lives and they don't see those needs moving miraculously and so they think God really is not the answer but then is then the more they expose themselves to the truth of God's word they come into a light and they realize you know that over there that's not really my problem my problem is this great emptiness that I have that only gets filled when I come and sit here and hear the word or I come and get prayer or something like that and so there is a place where the truth of God's word has to penetrate people and really get to work on them so that they can accept their need for a savior I mean across the board and so this was the problem during Jesus's time it hasn't changed you know many of the the uh, Jews that that followed him especially the ones who were in charge of the temple worship and all that kind of stuff they saw no need for him they didn't feel that they personally needed a savior they felt like they had a corner on things in the uh, religious world and they were set the way they were it was just fine with them they didn't need anymore they didn't need all this repentance and they didn't need to be following Jesus everywhere and so forth and so they fought against him and against it and so we have that same reaction to the truth of God's word even now but we all need a savior we all need saving from ourselves we all need saving from sin I don't care if you just think of it as, as a deathbed thing you know you just sum it up as well I've lived a horrible life and before I die I need to make my peace with God kind of thing you know it's a sad way to live but that's the way some people really see things uh, in God but we need to see God as active and alive in our lives every day and that's the good news that's the good will that God wants to bring toward all men he means all of us good he wants to do us all good and so the angel proclaims that his name shall be called Jesus because he will save them from their sins amen finally Matthew 121 is what it is good grief 121 it's got my little comma in the wrong place so so then Jesus his name is given already he has to fit that description when a name is given that's why it's so important what you name your children you know uh, it really really is and it's it's important to be thoughtful and prayerful about the names because names do carry a significance they they really really do your name is what you respond to uh, your name it gives a sense of your identity 
and of your purpose in the earth your your final uh, work on the earth your final destination on the earth is all uh, determined in that name now when we're born again we're given a surname to add to our first name so the name of Jesus is given to us to bring righteousness into our lives so that whatever your first name is is carried out in a righteous fashion see whatever your given name is carried out under the power of God so Jesus as our Savior he saves us heals us and makes us whole makes us whole that takes a lot of doing folks that's a big job he takes care of the sin problem first and foremost we are forgiven past present and future you can't get any better than that he's not sitting there deciding if he's going to forgive us or not like most of us do you got me decide when you go forgive them how long you gonna hold a grudge if you're gonna treat them nice next time you see them or you gonna be short with them you know slap them around a little bit but he saves he heals and he makes whole because he takes care of the sin problem he gets to the root remember we talked about the root being late to the the axe being late to the root of the tree and so our roots in sin and iniquity are killed it's the devil that keeps reviving them and blowing fire on them making them think you know get people convinced they can't do certain things even though in Christ we're empowered to resist the devil you're not just resisting him on your own like you used to try you remember when you thought you could be good you think about God for a little bit and then you think well well I gotta be good if I'm, if I'm gonna uh, if God's gonna you know help me or he's gonna like me I gotta be good and you would be good for like 10 minutes and then you think about something naughty and you you quit on the whole idea because you were right well it's not like that anymore it's not like that anymore amen so we can serve God without fear you know what that fear is fear that God don't love us fear that he's not going to be nice to us fear that he's looking for us to do us harm all that fear goes away because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all on it cleanses cleanses and purges gets every little bit out and lays the axe to the root of the tree now you can let the devil deceive you into thinking you can't quit certain things or you can't stop doing certain things the most important thing to me is not the the quits but the do's what are you doing in Christ what are you doing with your new life what are you doing see once that starts to be your motivation to work for God to minister to God minister to people lead people to Christ tell them about the Lord all that when that gets to be the focus of your life then your awareness of, of your your the uh, power of sin diminishes it diminishes you got me now I'm not one of these poof magic oh it just goes away you, you, uh -uh. it diminishes because you you cease functioning fo focusing on things that used to stand between you and God and now your focus is on what you're doing now in Christ you know to, to stand back and think about your past sinful life and let that hinder your relationship with God to me that's like being married to somebody and constantly thinking about old boyfriends if you do that you need to slap yourself several times either that or go back to the old boyfriends but let's make up to our make our mind up one way we either going forward if you going forward keep going forward okay some people want both of them you know what I'm saying they love God but they like to cheat a little bit they like the life of the flesh huh? I see you know it's like Baptists they get a quickening from God and get a feel of God and they love God and then they get a feel for the girlfriend and go love her too stinks or you you focus on God and then you think in carnal stuff you know and you're free that's so stupid that's so stupid you know give everything to the Lord because that carnal stuff is powerless anyway 
you know you try to get involved in that and it, it falls flat you got me this nothing works for that or you just gonna do it anyway because everybody's telling you to quit doing it you make up your mind I'm gonna do it anyway and then it falls flat anyway it might take a little longer but it falls flat anyway why because God's so much more power righteousness is so much more powerful than iniquity if iniquity was as, as powerful as some Christians claim it is, Jesus would still be on the cross trying to get rid of our sin. Right. It would have been a hard job for him to do that. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Listening to the devil, you make it hard. And then you, you spend your time in carnality and the devil beats you up and tells you, well, you might as well go, do it anyway. Look at your nasty thing. That's all you've been doing all day is thinking about that. Just go on do it. You ain't no good. <laughs> all right all it takes is a little more time renewing your mind in the word resisting the devil and let god be more your reality than your old stinking stupid past i don't care how much you think you're excited about things go sit down somewhere go take a go take another shower <laughs> you understand what I'm saying go read your word go do whatever you do to keep yourself in a place where God can find you and he can find you faithful when you're, you're worshiping him and hanging on his every word so Jesus saves heal and makes whole your mind isn't split off between carnality and righteousness anymore. It's all whole focused on righteousness. Or if you have carnal thoughts, they're more of a distraction than they are something interesting to you. You know, you just resist the devil some more and, and put that out of your mind. You know, uh, these things come to everybody. You know, he, he, the devil doesn't care who he gets to get stupid, next stupid. He'll use anything he thinks he can use. You know, sometimes when you have dreams that are unclean, you know, you need to put them before God. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and let that just go. I'm renouncing that. And I'm asking you to cleanse my thought life even more, you know, and get rid of that junk when it's a small thing. You know, sit there and entertain it because it gave you a little rush or a good feeling, something like that. You wipe it out, get it get to the root of these things, keep the roots pure. So God imputes righteousness to us when we accept him as payment for our sins. So you accept the Lord Jesus as payment for your sins and your receipt is righteousness. It's imputed righteousness. So a true savior saves to the uttermost. That means he will retrieve you from all darkness. Why? Because he says he's your savior. He's either your savior or he's not. He'll retrieve you out of the darkest den, the, the worst sin, the, the worst degradation. He'll pull you out of all of that stuff. And then he'll reach up high and pull you out of yourself, pull you out of your pride and wickedness and wanting to be somebody and wanting to be seen and wanting to be known, all that kind of stuff. He'll yank all of us out of that nonsense. So when the Lord, a true Savior, does that, and that's what Jesus does, and he saves everybody to the uttermost who come to him. I don't care how how difficult they may seem to be as far as walking this life. There are some people who struggle, but once that obstacle's out of the way, they can live perfectly for God. You know, it's amazing what God will do when when the struggle seems to be so great for some people. It's like they can't get over themselves somehow. But then suddenly one day, you know, it all comes crashing down and, and God shines that big light on them and shows them the way. And they stay with him and walk with him all the way. And so that's what saving to the uttermost is. So if somebody's saved, you can pray them into obedience in God. You can pray them into a mindset. Usually people who, who dabble in carnality, dabble in sin, don't have a saved mind. 
they they're 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 they have been saved they've confessed christ they got a seed of righteousness but their minds over in a gutter somewhere maybe they don't feel right about themselves or don't feel like they're this or don't feel like they're valuable or something like that well god has a way to show them what the truth is about them so you show them you know some of them spend so little time in the word you think my god how's this going to happen you know i see that all the time people want to do great things for god and you can't pin them down to read their bible on a regular basis you understand what i'm saying there are tons of people like that they're good church going people they they show up regularly but their minds off somewhere else you know just wandering because they don't have the mindset on god that's what we have to pray for pray that god help them to keep their minds set on you help them to keep them focused on you help to to get that distraction out of there so that they can settle in and really focus and meditate on who they are know who they are they're new creatures they need to be living better than the way they're living now they could live for you they could live peaceably they could live peaceful so god help them to be able to know who you are love you and know who they are in you See, they have a new identity that they haven't come into. All they know is having fun or somebody showing them some attention or some kind of nonsense like that. You know, and and people don't like to starve themselves of, of that kind of stuff. They like to enjoy everything. And so you don't want people to wait until uh, sin has has totally ravaged their lives that they can't get out. Start praying for them now. You know, when start praying for them when it's when it's a small mistake or it's one mistake or something like that. Start praying for them that God would get their attention. God, please grab a hold of whoever it is, my dad, my mom, my children, my brothers, my sisters, whoever it is. Grab a hold of them, Lord, and give them understanding of who they are. I don't want to see them throw their life away, you know, down the gutter like this. They're worth more than this. So please show them who they are. And God will start to show people. He'll start, if we don't ask, we won't get. See, we have not because we ask not. And begin to show people, you know, ask God to show people who they are. Get them settled down, God. You know, they, they play around too much. They're too silly. They're too immature about certain things. Help them to focus in on being the godly man or godly woman that you've called them to be i want to see them transform that way and bring some dignity into their lives and god will do these things folks god will do these things it it so is what the what the homosexual needs to know they need to know that god saves to the uttermost as many times as you fall he will pick you up and so we need to let people know that their situation is never hopeless when they when they understand what their problem is and they seek jesus for the answer because God promised good will. This is a good will gesture that he's making to all of mankind. The drug dealer needs to know that. The drug addict needs to know that. The AIDS patient needs to know that. White collar criminals need to know it. Everybody needs to know that this is God's good will toward men. Jesus Christ is his good will toward men. That's the only thing he's talking about here. All sinners suffer. And they suffer for the sin that's done. And they suffer in their souls where nobody sees it. And so when we when we're led by God to witness or minister to people, you're led not looking at what they look like, but you have to accept what God says about people and then go in and begin to speak to them about the things of God. God sees everybody's situation and he knows everybody's situation and he sent us as the remedy for that. And so <clears throat> he sends his son in a gesture of goodwill because he's willing only good for us. Jesus is God's answer for good to the world. You got me? This is how good comes into a person's life. This is the only way it comes in. Jesus also gives the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us. So he gives his spirit 
to give a rebirth to our human spirit. Then he gives the Holy Spirit to help comfort and strengthen us. God's comfort is not a pity party. It's a strengthening. See, his comfort is a strengthening. That word paraclete means to someone who is called alongside to uphold us in our time of weakness. Not just tell you, oh, I feel bad for all you did wrong. That's too bad. That's not the Holy Spirit. You got me? That is not the Holy Spirit. He empowers us. He, he makes us understand that all is not lost. He gives us hope and encouragement to keep going. See, without hope and encouragement, if you didn't have a, a cheerleader rooting you on, you give up in less than a day. If I had only the hope I had before I met the Lord, I wouldn't even be here today. I would never have lived this long. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us. See? And, and the first thing that, that somebody coming, the fact that you have somebody... That's a relief, man. That's like a load off. You don't have to worry about who, oh, who am I going to call? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the first thing you experience is a great relief that you. (laughs) So we live a life of relief, eternal relief in God. But also he strengthens us. See, that strengthening because because what has happened when we get weary or when we get uh, tired or angry, upset, we've come to the end of our human strength. Well, you shouldn't have been over there anyway trying out anything. So the Holy Spirit, number one, comes to us giving us understanding that we're forgiven for wandering off on our own and getting in trouble. Most of our trouble comes from us trying to solve our own problems. After you've given your life to the Lord and you say you trust him, then you go off trusting yourself. That's why it takes so long for people to admit they're wrong. Because they spend most of their time trying to fool God, fool people, and fool themselves. Huh? And none of us are fooled that easily. So he comes and he strengthens us. He lets us know we're forgiven. If you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't know forgiveness. You wouldn't know it. Because his, his spirit bears witness with us of any truth that we come in, in contact with. So when you come into the truth of God's word, you start to, to, to focus on the fact that you don't, I don't have a problem admitting I'm at fault. If I do something to a brother that offends him, I don't have a problem admitting that because I know God came to me in goodwill and he gave me the Holy Spirit to keep that goodwill alive in me. And so I want to keep that good will alive. And that's why I'm easy to repent. I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to confess. I'm quick to, quick to humble myself and ask for forgiveness. I don't have a problem with that. So you, you have to understand these things, folks. These, these things are, are dynamic things. They're not things you just confess and believe by faith. There's a reality here. And Holy Spirit brings the reality of these things into our lives. So you've got to have that. You've got to have that witness. The Bible says he bears witness with our conscience even. If your conscience isn't, if, it, if it's giving you a little trouble, you need to talk to him about it. Sometimes, you know, you can say things that you mean uh, like in a joke or something. And, you're con- and you say, you know what? God, I shouldn't have said that shit. I went too far. Somebody out here might have thought it was funny. But between me and you, I went too far. You got me? And so we have to understand that. You trust the Holy Spirit above anybody and anything. Because people out here who think jokes about things are cute, they're not going where you're going in God. They don't have to keep the relationship up you keep with God. And they may laugh at you in your face and then go behind your back and say, ooh, I don't think she would say something like that. You got me? That kind of thing. And so you have to understand when God bears witness with your conscience, that's a very, very highly valued thing. You value that thing very highly, that you keep it straight between you and God. 
so God lifts us up with the right hand of his righteousness we have a righteous hand pulling us up it's just not somebody pulling us up out of out of some kind of trouble or somebody with a bailout or bail bondsman or something like that you got to go meet him and pay him off later he holds us up with his, the right hand of his righteousness his strength comforts us and he endues us with power so then he empowers you when he corrects you he empowers you to resist that thing the next time so you're not constantly feeling defeated because you keep thinking you're out there on your own see God empowers you to resist see the word for repentance means a mind change not just a behavior change but you change what you think about that activity you change what you think about that God I don't like the fact that when I get around certain people I feel irritated I want to change that God I, you told me to love everybody you didn't tell me to be irritated with people so I want to change that about myself sometimes God will have people change when you when you want to make the first change when you offer to change you he'll have them change see before maybe he wasn't helping them as much because you were putting all the responsibility on them do you understand me you start bearing the burden like Christ did you say God I'll take the responsibility for changing I want to see this relationship change so let me let me be the first one change me help me to love this person the right way and you'll find that that not only do you change inside but they change toward you God does a miracle sometimes people come to you and say things like well I used to think you didn't like me I used to think nothing but misunderstanding see the devil gets in there and because you're in your pride and they're in their pride nobody wants to make any changes but as soon as repentance comes in one of you nuts makes up your mind to be godly you got me one of you Christians decides to obey the word of God and leave your gift at the altar Huh? Quit trying to buy God off and go do the right thing, as Mr. Spike Lee would say. <laughs> huh? And go do the right thing. Amen. Go to God, say, God, you said if my brother has something against me, I should go to him. You got me? This is high living, folks. This is humble living. This is the way we're supposed to live as believers. We can't wait for everybody else to get straight before we like them. You won't like yourself most days. So you got to have a changed mindset about how these things get done. And sit up here in pettiness and, you know, well, they did that. You know, oh, hey, when are we going to stop talking about that? That was 40 years ago. So God gives us power in all things so that nothing is impossible to us. Some of the things we thought were impossible we will, will find are very possible because he imparts his power to us through the Holy Spirit. He gives us his promises to give us hope. He starts to speak to your mind and give you hope about your future. Mm -hmm. Hope becomes an anchor for your souls. Mm -hmm. When you, when you think you want to give up, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will remind you that God told you he was going to do this before you going to do that. Or this is coming. You got to hang around for this. This is coming still, see. So hope becomes an anchor for your soul instead of you being tossed to and fro every which way. Trying to find something. Mm -hmm. that, that business of, of drifting. Yeah. You, you in the in the God's kingdom there's no drifters here we're all people of purpose we 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 know where we're going we're adamant we know where we're going when you start drifting it's because you've unhooked your your ship from where God wants you to be you're out there trying to see what somebody else is doing see what's out there see what so-and-so is doing well well you know uh, so-and-so is married and, and you know they got a husband to help them and all this kind of stuff and so-and-so has got this and they got a big house and they got two cars and you know that's drifting because what God has for you is in you if it's not in you you can get it through the word you don't need to be running around looking at whatever it's just you just out there drifting and then you hook yourself up to somebody else's promise. Yeah. 
and you try to get God to make good on what some what is for somebody else instead of what's for you. That's what's being tossed to and fro. But see, when God gives you hope, no matter how impossible what he's promised you look like, he'll go ahead and give it to you. See, he'll make you know it's possible. He'll make you know it's real. He'll make you know you're not sitting there waiting on a big nothing, that it will come. Huh? It's an anchor for your soul. It keeps you anchored in God so that people can drift. They can go do what they want to do. They can think they can make it without God. They can think they can, you know, badmouth the saints on Facebook. Every time you turn around, they got something nasty to say about God's people. You think that's going to get you a blessing? It's not going to get you anything. And so you let people drift. You got me? Pray for them and let them drift. But don't you go out there in that shallow water and think you're gonna something's gonna good is gonna happen for you. Just let them drift out there, because they've already inside of them turned against God, huh? Turned against God, and so yeah, some of them do know it. They then don't don't care. They're foolish enough. See, they don't know enough about the bad side of being against God. See, and God doesn't want them to know that. But if it takes that to save their souls, God wants their souls saved. So instead of being tossed to and fro, we're anchored in his love. That's what he wants us saying. See, love trusts God. Love understands that his his will is good toward us. He's made a gesture of goodwill in Jesus and that's never changed. See, and so that's always going to produce for us. See, when I was a nothing, when he found me and he brought me a life of dignity where I didn't have to live out the fruit, the bad fruit of all of that, that I had sown all my life. So I'm redeemed. I, I don't have any any misgivings about giving my life to him. See, he's made that goodwill gesture toward me one time and I accepted that. And that's going to carry me through. See? There's nothing the devil can offer you that's going to be, if you really love God, it's going to pull you. You're anchored in his love. He said, no, nah, I know he loves me. It's too late for you, devil, because you treated me dirty when I was serving you. You never should have done that. But now I know he loves me. And that's going to take me, see? So his blood continues to call us back to him. Blood has a voice. That blood speaks. It says, you're forgiven. Come back. I love you. Miss you. Not holding anything against you. Come on back. I love you. Continues to call us back to him. He loves us with an everlasting love. That blood speaks from throughout eternity. You know, that means that blood was calling you to him before you were born, before you sinned, before you messed up, before you sinned this time too. It, it spoke before all of that and it speaks now with the same voice it spoke to you before you ever did anything wrong. There's no hint of wrongdoing in anything he says through that voice. So without that, you know, and, and he calls us back to him and to his holiness. See, a lot of times people think coming back to God is just coming back to church. Uh huh. And they sit up in church and then they want to go around to all the church people and tell them all the stuff they've been doing wrong. Well, that's not coming back to God. I'm not coming back to God. You know, some of you young people, you know people who are, are sliding back and don't live right. And then they come to church. You need to tell them, why don't you go to the altar? Don't talk to me. You need to talk to God. Why don't you go up to the altar and get some prayer so that your relationship with God can be renewed? See, without holiness, you won't see him or know him. So he's calling you back to that relationship. To that holy relationship. So he develops a permanent relationship with him. Through that one act of salvation. It continues to save. Over and over and over and over again. It's a renewable salvation. If you need saving again. You ask for saving again. Whatever it is you think you need. You ask God for it. 
people have gotten revelation from God through coming back through some very very difficult times see they've gotten revelation that you don't get unless you've been in that situation before and so they can get some understanding of the great love of God through this type of relationship just responding when he calls just say yes Lord when he calls whatever you're doing when he calls you say yes Lord when he calls God has also reconciled us to him. Second yes. Corinthians five. Second yes. <clears throat> Corinthians five seventeen tells us it says if any man be in Christ, you all know it's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. In other words, all things belong to God. Who's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's goodwill. That's goodwill being spread abroad by his people whom he loves and trusts. You ever had a, a, a situation maybe in a job or something you work for somebody who put limits on you because they didn't really trust you maybe it was lack of knowledge on your part maybe it was just the way they manage things you know they call some people micromanagers or all this kind of stuff but you felt like you weren't trusted you never get that with God that's where there's one thing you never get from him is that sense that he doesn't trust you to do certain things you got me he doesn't trust you now there may be people who are over you in the Lord that might put limits on you based on what they feel they can delegate to you because they're responsible you know people under God are responsible for all the things that that they give people to do they tell people to do all that kind of stuff they're accountable to God for that and they may put some limits on you based on what they feel they know about you or they know about you and you know the only thing you you have to do there is pray and say God if there's more that I can do just let them know is that simple or what but you know you have people want to come in and strive with you want to tell you you know I'm called to this and well I don't do that because I'm not called to that I said well everybody's called to sleep what's your house look like you're not called to sleep that's not my gift you don't need a gift you just need a hand two hands well two hands is better but even you get one I've seen people sweep with one one you know come on now so but we're reconciled to him that means there's no debt between us and God we don't owe him anything we're not lacking in anything he's removed our sin and replaced it with his righteousness so that makes that squares us away that means there's no sin there's no debt there's no nothing you mean God even forgave me of yes he did yeah even though it was hard for you to admit to yourself that that was true about you at one time God's forgiven you even of that so just have a good conscience about things have a blood washed conscience about things don't let the enemy come and conjure stuff back up again you know what conjuring is it's a deception it's something made up that he's hoping that you'll believe and because it used to be a fact in your life you think it's credible now but see if you'll focus your attention back on God again huh? if you will understand that there's nothing owing here he took care of everything when you were saved then you'll understand that all you have to do now is stay focused on the new creation part of you the new creation part of you is not lacking in anything it's not in debt it's not in want it's not in lack it's not in in anything that's against it's survival there's nothing there affecting your new creation person so God made us even a new type of human 
the born again believer there was nothing seen like him before you ask some people in the book of Acts especially the heathens if they'd ever seen any people like that before the Bible it was, it was so shocking to see what humans that many humans could do not being uh, prophets who lived out in the wild somewhere not being that rare person but now there's tons of them started out with 120 of them speaking in unknown languages glorifying God in a language that they never learned before that in itself was a miracle that got people's attention then it was one miracle after another after another after another Paul would go into a city and preach and, the, and then the, the uh, witches would come out and burn their books and all that kind of stuff Turn the city upside down. One person that's this new creation. Now what have you done for God that's like that? Do you understand what? No, we sit around and we wonder. When am I going to get this? When am I going to get that? When am I? When is it going to be my turn? And God called me to preach and she won't let me do nothing. (laughs) That's how we spend our days. Instead of getting out and doing what the early church did. They just obeyed the Holy Spirit. They saw sinners out there. They said wonderful. Oh boy this is our opportunity. They weren't scared of them trying to be politically correct. And go look at the speech writer to get them to write a good speech. So nobody would write them a negative letter. They went after it. Even though they got thrown to the lions. They went after it. Huh? They were driven by the spirit of God. It's like this is our last opportunity. To make an impact with these people. Who are going to go to hell. If we don't share Christ with them. Let's go for it. They lived every day like it was their last. Their pastor got put in prison. They didn't go trying to figure out. If he was innocent or guilty. They prayed for him to get out. Why? They live by a higher law. What do you care if he gets out? If God gets him out, God gets him out. You pray for him. Got me? Good gravy. We were God men and God women. With God inside of us. And empowering us. And leading us. And guiding us. This was a new kind of creature. And it's still a new kind of creature. Until the devil gets in there and starts trying to make you think you're nothing and nobody. You'll be somebody. So about the believer everything's new. Your, your life is new. Your mind's new. The way you think is new. Your vision's new. What you're going to do with your life. It's all new. It's not old stuff. And it's not carnal stuff. You're not looking at the world trying to figure out how to be more worldly. And shock all your your you know uh uh conservative christian friends <laughs> you know <laughs> this generation has a knack for doing that kind of stuff you know you just want to always shock somebody you know <laughs> i was looking at the, i was looking at mick jagger last night i said no it's got to be against the law for that man to even be walking around he like 70 so oh I mean, just all of them look like they, you know, the, an ambulance ought to be pulling up after the concert is over. You see how the devil keeps his people going? Come on now. I don't know what they do. In the, I don't know what they pump. They live in an oxygen tent or something, you know, 24-7. But Man, I mean, it's kind of like, come on, Christians. What are we doing? You know, what are we doing? They giving it all they got up until they put them in a casket. And most of his age, you know, that generation, most of them died with overdoses, with a rough life. They got no business to be around here still. But here they are, still hooping it up. Did he just be flitting across the stage? I said, I wonder what kind of energy drink he gave <laughs> they, must get, they must have him hooked up to an IV and get, come on, Mick. Get out there. You got to go strut across the stage one more time. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> they're Christians trying to figure out how to sound like they're not Christians. Right. And look like they're not Christians. <laughs> oh, brother. 
<laughs> but the way God deals with your sin is he makes everything new. He don't try to salvage anything from the old life. So this building's condemned. <laughs> Rip all the innards out. We got to replumb. We got to repipe. We got to re-everything. <laughs> when we're reconciled, all debts are forgiven and canceled. They've been paid for. This is different than bankruptcy court. This is not a bankruptcy. This is somebody who was qualified come and paid your debt. So your debtor is satisfied. He's not ripped off because you couldn't pay it. Big difference. You want to live that way. You want to live a life of paid debts. Got me? So I hate to see Christians file bankruptcy because I know there's a way God could pay that debt. Number one, he tried to keep you from getting in debt. <laughs> Told you not to do it. You overextend yourself. Just because somebody gave you credit, that don't mean you can pay them bills. You know? Bear, uh, who was that? Uh, not... And I think it was Bear Stearns that went bankrupt. Billions of dollars old people had one day, nothing. Wow. All them people that worked there, no jobs, laid off, retirement, everything's gone. They are no more. Anybody can go bankrupt if they can. So you watch your little self. Make sure you do what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Don't get yourself overextended. Because the devil will, will make you do anything to get relief from pressure. You got me? You don't want God's way when pressure's on. You just want out from under the pressure. You don't want God's way. <clears throat> so God gives us true reconciliation. Praise God. In John fourteen fourteen. Hopefully I wrote that down right. John True reconciliation means full access. Nothing's off limits to you. Hey, nothing's off limits to you. Yeah, yeah. All your all your debts are paid. You're starting over fresh. You don't you don't have to say, well, you know what? Well, let's wait until this gets taken care of. It's all taken care of. He says, if you ask anything in my name, anything. That word anything means you don't owe anybody any. There's nothing lacking you. You don't carry any kind of record with you. There's nothing against you. Well, we can't trust you with this because the last time you screwed it up and did that with it. Full access means, he says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. He said, I do it so I can be glorified. So the Father can be glorified in me. I do it for my reasons. I do it for my reasons. So true reconciliation is full access. Nothing we desire is forbidden or off limits. That's goodwill, folks. That's goodwill. God only means us good. The only requirement is faith. And Jesus would ask him, can you believe? That's the only, only question you need. Can you believe this? If you can believe, you'll see the glory of God. And your faith is between you and God. I don't have to approve of your faith and you don't have to approve of mine. The only thing you have to do is watch me get my stuff. Or I watch you get your stuff. Amen. And God is glorified when we get our stuff. What we're believing him for. We are only limited by our faith. Which is unlimited in Christ. Where would we be and how far would we go? If we allowed our faith to be developed to its full potential. Think of the things that we do that don't exercise faith. If you allowed your faith to be developed to its true potential, how far could you go? Where would you be? We would we'd know there would be no bounds to our access to the things of God. And no limit to what God will do through believing people so this is God's goodwill in action that means he means only good for us and only good in an unlimited fashion unlimited goodwill 
So there's no limit on how good he will be to us. He doesn't run out of being uh, fair with us, nice to us, kind to us, blessing us. He doesn't run out. He's only good. So he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation. And this means that he means us unlimited good. So he allows us in that unlimited good. He allows us to invite other people into this life of goodwill toward him. The only thing a person is losing is their sin. They need to know that. They need to know that. Because many times people will think, well, if I serve God, I can't have fun anymore. You know, you won't want to have that kind of fun anymore if you serve God. That's taken care of. It's not like you're going to struggle against yourself every day. That old person died already, you see. And if you if you and I are talking about God right now, he's dying even more. You know, he's going to be more dead at the end of this conversation. And so when you when you begin to, <laughs> amen, <laughs> it's the truth. Just keep talking. It'll kill him real good. Huh? That's the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. That's how we offer people to God. You know, it's just they sit there, talk to you. They think they're picking your brain. And you didn't pluck that little devil out of them, you see. Yeah. So we keep our, uh, uh, and we hold keys to God's kingdom. That's another sign of our full access. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, that's full access. And then he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. That's another full access. There's nothing off limits to us, folks. If we believe God. <clears throat> He, he makes himself unlimited to us so his good is unlimited us. He allows us to invite others into this goodness. So we can, we can recover families, friends. You know, they, they're people that we like. You know, they're sinners, but we like them. You don't dislike people because they're in sin. You know, I mean, you shouldn't. There's some dislikable sinners, don't get me wrong. But you don't. You don't draw the line and don't let your heart start to want good for them because they're sinners. You want good for them. And this is the way to get God's highest good. So we not only have a privilege, but we also have a mandate to go after these people and retrieve them for God. We were to make make disciples of all men. Bring many sons and daughters to God. We're to go out and compel them to come in. God's table is not full yet. And so we go out and compel them to come in. So that they can understand the goodness of God. So anywhere we go we can impart his good will to all men. Huh? We become his messengers. And we start the cycle all over again. Didn't it start with the angels? They gave a message. Amen. With some messengers, they gave it to the shepherds. Here's goodwill coming toward the whole earth. So we pick up the message too. After that, amen. After it's given unto men, then we carry the message. And we've carried it for over 2,000 years now. It's the goodwill toward all men that Jesus Christ wants to impart with us. So just as the angels told the shepherds the good news, we get to tell it too. Huh? We get to tell it. Because this is what God's goodwill is toward men. It's the ultimate goodwill. That Jesus has died to save you from your sin. You may not think that's the only problem in your life. But you get rid of that one. And you'll be on the road to full recovery. Because he's mandated it. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven we thank you for your word. And we thank you for understanding. How good will comes into the earth. It comes through Jesus Christ. And we thank you Lord that he has come. The savior of the world. He lives in his people. He lives in us. Father just let him live even more Lord. As we, as we drive around. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. So that we can know that you are building us up. Strengthening us in your love. So that we can be prepared. And we can be equipped. And we can be filled with the alertness of you to know who to share this great gospel with. Thank you that we'll share it even more during this season in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and we'll pray her.